0: Hello and welcome to Good News That Actually Is, where 3 to 5 sets you free to thrive. 3 to 5 minute encouragements to help your joy by empowering your soul. I am your host, Tim Ashley. Imagine with me, if you will, that you have wronged a very powerful person in a very offensive way, and you are now convinced that he will be out to get you for what you have done. In fact, you live in fear of retribution from this person. You reason that your fear is merited based on the many stories that have been spread about what they do to someone who wrongs them. As a result, you're living in daily fear, doing your best to avoid them at all cost. Isn't that what you do if it's a powerful person and you know you wronged them? You stay clear, don't you? If they're going west, you're going east. If they're going north, you're going south, right? Right? Now, in the meantime, you're doing some things that you know that that person would appreciate in the hopes that the word will get back to them and hopefully persuade them to forgive you. But you can't ever really be certain that they've heard the kind of report you would like them to or that if they did hear it, it was effective at changing their heart and their mind towards you. Remember, we're imagining, right? Right? So you live each day stuck in your fear of retribution, trapped by your shame and your guilt, right? Now I imagine that the powerful person sends you a messenger to tell you that when you least expect it, you might come down with some disease or be in some kind of freak accident. Or lose everything you own and suffer a heart attack from heartbreak or something, you just fill in the blank, right? You would not find that to be strange at all. Most people don't. For most people, that's normal. In fact, you pretty much expect to hear that kind of thing, to get that kind of messenger, to get that kind of word. That, boy, are you going to get it now. After all, you did something to really offend and provoke this very powerful person to be angry with you and wish to punish you for it. So why should you expect anything other than that, right? Now, on the flip side, imagine that the very powerful person sent his most beloved son and heir to find you and tell you that he's not angry with you. And would like to adopt you as one of his own and extend to you the opportunity to enjoy the benefits that he has to offer as a new member of the family. Now the two different styles of messenger and report in this story is the difference between bad tidings and glad tidings. Bad tidings and glad tidings. The messenger of retribution is a messenger of bad tidings, but the messenger of hope and promise is the messenger of glad tidings. Jesus, as the Son of God and heir, came preaching a message of glad tidings to all who would hear him. He preached a message of glad tidings. There's no place you can find in Scripture where it says Jesus came bearing bad tidings. The only ones he came to upset was the religious order and destroy the works of the devil. Come on. Look with me, if you will, in Luke chapter 8, verse 1. And let's just see if I'm right or not here. Because it needs to stand the test of Scripture, right? If I make a statement, I need to be able to support it with some biblical backup. If I don't have biblical backup, just write me off. But I'm not going to go there with you. I'm not going to just give you an opinion and not be able to reflect what the scripture says about it. So in Luke chapter 8 verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass afterward that he, meaning Jesus, went through every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. What was he preaching and bringing? The glad tidings of the kingdom of God. Now the term glad tidings was taken from the Greek word um, euangelizo. It's hard to say it. Euangelizo, meaning to announce good news or evangelize, especially as it pertains to the gospel. Gospel meaning good news. Paul went about the Gentile nations, in fact himself, preaching Glad tidings to them, as is evidenced in Acts 13, 32. It's always referred to as glad tidings. When you are evangelizing, let me tell you something. You're not evangelizing. Doom and gloom is not evangelization. Glad tidings is evangelizing. There's another place in Scripture that this terminology is used. Romans chapter 10. Turn there, if you will. If I'm going fast, it's because I'm trying to be respectful of your time. So you'll be able to get this on the Good News podcast this coming week. And you can can find everything you need there to follow up on it if you desire. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? I got news for you. You need a preacher in your life. You're not your own preacher. I have to have a preacher in my life. So I'm not my own preacher. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent Okay, As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. You can't have beautiful feet being gloom and doom. Now what gospel is it that they are preaching? It tells you in the text. The gospel, of the good news of peace. It's the good news of peace. Boy, you got to have peace in your life. Without, if you don't know you have peace with God, man, you are jumping through circus hoops that are on fire every day of your life. That's what you end up doing. You're, you're like a poodle jumping through lit on fire circus hoops. At different heights. If you really need something from God, you jump at the high one. And you hope you can make it without burning the hair off your belly. Come on. That's what no peace with God produces in a person's life. But we're supposed to bring the good news of peace. Not only that, what is it these preachers are bringing? It tells you in the text. Glad tidings of good things. What? Good thing? No, it's only talking about salvation. No, it's things plural. Plural. Because the kingdom is not merely only about salvation. The kingdom is about life within the scope of where God rules and reigns. And so everything in that context is to be enjoyed by the citizens of that kingdom. Are you hearing me? That's why it says good things. Now, that means it to bring good news of good things to people's ears. Now, preaching good news of good things is not based on whether or not people welcome it. Because look at what it says in verse 16 of that same chapter. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? What is it that they did not obey? The good news. Okay. What kind of obedience was expected? I mean, if it's just good news, what am I, how do I obey good news? You believe it. That's the obedience. Your obedience and my obedience is to believe what God says. What is it that they had not done here? Believe it. They didn't believe it. Here's the, here's the kicker. If you do not hear the word of God as being the word of God, how will you believe it? If you let yourself get too, too intensely focused on just a vessel delivering it, you may r- get ripped off. If you let yourself get focused on other issues, instead of realizing... That the Holy Spirit is trying to give you a word of hope. He is trying to give you a word of promise. He is trying to give you a word that will make you alive. Are you hearing me? You have to hear it as being the word of God. What does the scripture uh, command? Those that speak on God's behalf. Speaking as the oracles of God. In other words, when I'm up here speaking, I'm not speaking as Tim. I'm speaking as his representative. That's why I take it so seriously. Because it's supposed to land on your ears as the word of God for your life. So that you can incorporate it, you can embody it, you can embrace it, you can receive it. And it can produce a fruit of good things in your life. If the word being preached is viewed as anything other than the word of God, it can be debated and it becomes easy for the enemy to steal that which is heard in the ear but not in the heart. Are you hearing me? Now Isaiah said the following about Jesus in Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of Him who brings good news, who proclaims what? Peace. Peace. Who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Your God reigns. Well, what is it that your God has said to you? This God that reigns, what has he said to you? Peace. And good tidings of good things. What good thing? Healing. Deliverance. Provision. Come on. There's so many areas of your life that God wants to bless you in your relationships, in so many different facets that you're doing life on this earth. God wants the identity of his favor upon you to be clearly visible and evident to people around you. He wants you to have your hope swelling up in you so big that people are coming and saying, I need to know why you're so hopeful. Why are you so glad? Why are you so joyful? What? One of my most profound witnessing experiences was when a guy came out red-faced, drug me out of the workplace outside so he could cuss at me and say, you make me so blankety blank mad. What have I done? What did I do? What did I say? Cuz I can't always say something to upset somebody. It's a talent that I have, you know? And so so <laughs> and so he's red in the face and he's mad and he's he's bigger than I am and and so I'm thinking, what did I do? What And then he says, I've been to your house. I've seen your place that you live is nothing. It's tiny. We were living in Seymour at the time. The girls were just babies. We had 620 square feet of living space. Family of four. Tiny place. I was still trying to cover medical bills, and so much stuff was going on, and, and I was just having to believe God for provision and sustenance, and this guy was familiar with all of my situation, and he said, I've seen where you live, I've seen what you're going through. I know you don't have money, but you're always happy. You're always joyful. You're always hopeful. And I don't have it, and it makes me mad. What's the difference? And I said, oh, that's what it is. Whew. I can sum it up in a word. Jesus. Jesus. Right? This is the good news that we're supposed to be living and walking and breathing, just enjoying daily. Glad tidings of good things. Why is it that so many are far more comfortable and accepting of bad tidings preachers than they are of good tidings preachers? Why is that? And this was true in Jesus' day. Let's just find out real quick as we get nearer to the end here. Luke 4, 16 through 22. Luke 4, 16 through 22. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. Coming into some familiar territory, right? And as his custom was, this is talking about Jesus, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, listen to what he says, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Now, you would think that would be a cause for celebration to break out in that synagogue. Right? Now, look at what it says in verse 22. 22 is very key for you to grasp what's happening here. So all bore witness to him. That's an important statement. And marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. They bore witness and marveled. At the gracious words. But then look what they did. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? If you don't believe it's the word of God. Can you believe it? Verse 22, look what it said. So all bore witness to him, marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. I have heard, I've been in situations where there's so many amens coming forth and everything else. But some go away not getting anything. Because they're the ones that would say, well, you know, Timmy puts his pants on one leg at a time just like I do, so what's the big deal? And then if I try to say, you don't need to think that way. You don't need to think I'm special. No. But you need to understand that when I'm operating in a calling up here, there's a specific anointing that's adjoined to that in the Spirit that is for your benefit. It is for your blessing. Are you hearing me? Now, what kind of words proceeded out of Jesus' mouth to those people in the synagogue? <laughs> Gracious words. Gracious words. So what was it that they really struggled with? Was it familiarity with him being Joseph's son or the gracious words he was speaking to them and saying were fulfilled that day? What was the real nature? See, you got to understand sometimes it's sort of like there's a lion in the streets and I can't go out. It sounds like the proverb speaking directly to fear. It's not. It's speaking to laziness. The lazy man says, there's a lion in the streets. If I go out, I'll be devoured. It's it's a red herring. It's, It's a fear excuse to cover the real root cause or the real root issue, which is laziness. Now, what we find here in this passage is, believe it or not, this is Joseph's son, is a red herring. It's a red herring. Why is it a red herring? Well, it's a red herring because it's not that he's Joseph's son. His Joseph's son claim is just an easy way out of the uncomfortable nature of the gracious words that have come forth with the convicting power of the Holy Spirit that they can't stomach within themselves because they're stuck under the law. And they're happy to be there. They're just happy to be there. And so they can't deal with the gracious words of Jesus. So what do they do? Oh, this is just Joseph's son. So that's what they do. That's how they do it. Are are you checking with me? Now, you can miss out on a kingdom of God opportunity simply because you're more prepared to hear how you deserve something bad to happen to you than you are for something good to happen to you. Look at which preachers really get persecuted by the religious system. It's not the ones that are telling you, you're going to die and rot in a ditch, you useless, worthless sinners. They're not being persecuted. Most of those guys will get applauded. But if you stand up and say, the Lord Jesus loves you with an everlasting love. He is for you. He's not against you. Everything that he was walking on this earth, he still is. And he is that in your life and more so. Because he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants to do good in your life. He wants to bring blessing into your life. He wants to show you the good things that he has in store for you. He wants you to get kind of a simple foretaste of what awaits you in eternity. Oh, he's a prosperity preacher. Oh, he's just, he's just, he thinks he can just say something and it'll, it'll manifest in the air like he's God. He thinks he's a baby God. That's stupid. That's absolutely stupid that we do that to people. Simply because they're trying to tell us the truth of God's attitude and determination on our behalf. Giving us good news for good things. Come on. Are you sadistic? Are you? What are you? When you want to be beat up? I mean, I would feel like we had a revival if the guy would just beat me up, make me feel bad, so I could come down for the nine hundred and thirty seventh time over the same issue of my life. Come on. You can live more familiar and comfortable with a bad tidings messenger than you are with a good tidings messenger. You ought to be wondering what's going on. See, if you can do that, you need to ask the question, why am I more comfortable when somebody tells me how bad I am than I am when somebody's trying to tell me how good God wants to be in my life? It is far more advantageous to you to live more comfortably and familiar with good tidings than with bad. You will walk in, like Renee testified, more wide open spaces if you can get the revelation. Things open up to you that you never dreamed could open up to you if you can get this revelation. Listen to what Proverbs 15.30 says as we wind this down to a close. Man, I'm, I'm booking. A cheerful look, remember I had last week I had everybody smile because I didn't want to feel like you were ready to stone me because <laughs> I was giving you some good news, you know what I mean? Isn't that kind of bad that a preacher's trying to make you feel good and, and he's trying to encourage you, he's trying to bless you, he's trying to, <laughs> you, he's trying to tell you the good things, and, and he feels like, man, I could get persecuted here. Wow. Proverbs fifteen thirty says, A cheerful look brings joy to the heart. Good news makes for, we're beyond July, but they're still healing. Good news makes for good health. Good news makes for good health. That's in the Bible, saints. That's the Word of God to your life. You need good news. You need good news about good things in your life. You don't need then you don't need somebody always telling you why it can't work, won't work, never will work, shouldn't work, and why you don't deserve it. <laughs> the truth is, nobody deserves anything. Especially those that are telling you you don't deserve it. They deserve it even less. Because they're violating the principle of the proclamation of the kingdom. (laughs) Man, if you get this, I'm telling you, it will set something loose in you that will not make you wonder, well, can I pray for that? I mean, I haven't had a good week. I mean, I did cuss that guy when he cut me off in traffic like that, nearly I, you know, I didn't speak kindly to my wife. I still hadn't even asked her forgiveness for that one. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't. And as soon as you, you ever notice if you crack the door, just the tiniest, tiniest if you let just a little bit of that dark yes. seep in from the crack by opening that door, just the tiniest little bit, it's, it's like something's on the other side pushing it open. Oh, that, don't stop there. Be integritable about this. And then the accuser of the brethren comes marching in in all of his pristine nastiness and starts to bear the witness of how horrible you are, why you don't deserve, why you don't this, why you don't that. And you find yourself before you even realize it. No, You're right, you're right. And you should agree with your adversary quickly while he finds you in the way, you know, unless he deliver you to the toilet. I get that, I understand that. But you know what, you need to cut the, the, the process off. And just say, let's just cut to the chase here. Everything bad you can say about me would be true about me in the flesh. But there's something about me you're ignoring. There's someone on the inside of me. There's eternal life dwelling within me. The prince of life lives in me. The prince of life has forgiven me past, present, and future. And he says good things about me. So let's just cut this trial off right now. Not on the basis of any merit of my own, but on the basis of His merit. And I present you, Jesus, my advocate. See, that's a good thing. Because you need that door to shut back. You don't need to open it at every knock. And by the way, just because you can let it come, some people do it this way. It's kind of morbid in a way. But what they do is, the reason they keep opening it up is because they haven't got to tears yet. And in their mind, if they don't get to tears, their repentance isn't real. Esau repented with tears and sobbing, and it was disingenuous. It is not your emotions that make your repentance real. It's faith. Faith pleases God. We don't have to work up a bunch of emotions to get over something. You don't need that. All you need to do is recognize the truth of the situation. That's right. I I did that. I'm guilty as charged. But, hey, Jesus, Jesus, (laughs) what do you say about this? I say I love you, and I say I saw it too, but I'm I'm forgiving you. And and I'm not even going to remember this. Abraham did some things that should have been remembered, but they weren't. Somehow or another, they don't get a second mention. Why? Because God takes our sins and he casts them into the sea of forgetfulness. Your God is for you. He is not against you. Your God loves you. He does not hate you. Your God is out for your good. He's not looking for a a good reason to punish you. God's not walking around heaven with a big leather belt going, Just waiting for which kid's going to act up next. (laughs) Watch how I punish this one, Michael. (laughs) Come on. That's not to say that God doesn't train us, discipline us, teach us, correct us. The Word, but what does He use to do it? The Word, not the devil. And He doesn't need your help. He's quite effective at it on his own. So glad tidings, saints, fuel good health. What goes through your mind when something goes wrong in your life? Ooh, I wonder what I have a pin of. That's a wrong theology. Bad things are not happening to you because you've been doing bad things, bad things happen because the world has fallen. And we live in this fallen world. Everything bad that happens to you is not a sign that you're off off kilter with God or that you, you deserve punishment or you deserve this or that. It could just be a bad thing. Right? There's nowhere that Scripture promises that God's going to stand in the way of everything in this life that comes at us and stop it. But it does give us the promise that when it comes, He's with us. He'll walk with us through it. Some things he'll stop. Some things, they come anyway and he just wants to demonstrate, I got your hand. we got this. We've got this. This is no biggie for me. You're with me. Come on. We can do this. See, whatever goes to your mind will reveal which messenger you're most familiar and comfortable with. If you find it is A bad tidings messenger, it is time for a change. You need the glad tidings of the kingdom in your life all the time. Look, you got enough negativity in this world without you helping it or trying to recruit somebody to lend a hand as well. You need to be hearing. The good news of the kingdom, the glad tidings of the kingdom, glad tidings of great things, good things. God wants to do good things in your life. Thanks for tuning in today. Never forget that you are loved by a faithful God whose obedient son, Jesus Christ, willingly died on a cross so that you can live today and always from the abundance of his life in you. Please subscribe and share this with others so they too can experience the 3 to 5 that sets you free to thrive. And be sure to tune in next time to Good News That Actually Is. Please visit us at our website, goodnewsthatactuallyis.com. There you'll find transcripts of the program, video files, and other opportunities. We look forward to visiting with you there and ask you to subscribe. Have a great day.